0: I'm Krista, the founder and CEO of Vitrina Group. And I'm Jay, the lead producer of content at Dutchie. And this is Pot of Flowers, the official podcast of Hall of Flowers, an industry-only, highly curated business-to-business show designed to facilitate commerce between licensed cannabis brands and retailers.
1: This podcast, which is recorded on-site at Hall of Flowers Shows, highlights brands, retailers, and industry leaders at the forefront of the emerging cannabis industry.
0: You can find more information about the podcast and the show at hollowflowers.com. On this episode, we speak with Jeremy Timoteo.
1: Yeah, Jeremy is the director of premium brands at Canopy Growth, a company that many people or most people have heard of, and the conversation took place at the inaugural Hall of Flowers show in Toronto in September 2022. And what I think is most interesting about this conversation is that Jeremy represents brands that people know before they were part of Canopy, and now they are still part. Of, now they are part of Canopy. So the sort of that transition, but staying true to the roots of the brand are core to what he is doing and what he was doing at the show.
0: Yeah, and. Also, I think we've, we've gone through this pattern of talking about premium product, non-premium product, like making sure that product is accessible. And now it's this merger of like, what is premium? What's the definition of premium? When does it become accessible? And how do we support retailers in understanding that information? I mean, Canopy has such a large portfolio. I think this conversation is really interesting to start to think about how a brand like Canopy starts to segment out brand, smaller brands to retailers.
1: Agreed. And if you didn't know that motorcycle people have a secret wave, you might learn about it during this episode. Let's get to it. Jeremy, what we're asking everybody to do when they first come in name title company you're here talking about,
2: and then we'll jump into it. Sounds all good. Sounds good. Good. All right. Well, I'm Jeremy Tsmodio, director of premium brands at canopy growth, uh, originally started and came over from Supreme. Um, and, uh, just still riding that journey. I
1: like it. Uh, premium brands, the one we're talking about, well, you came from Supreme, Seven Acres. It says it on your hat for those that are listening to a podcast supposed opposed to watching it. Talk a little bit about what that means because I, I, for, I don't know, the first, even before legalization, right? That was the, that was the mountaintop, right? That's where people wanted to get was to Seven Acres and the brand it represented. It was a proper brand. It had feeling and emotion and people knew what it stood for. Talk a little bit about the brand itself for those that are either retailers that have never heard of it, that sounds like, that that probably doesn't exist, but people listening potentially outside of Canada.
2: Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, Seven Acres was kind of born out of, uh, I'd say, the early days of the industry. So uh, I joined Supreme in uh, April of 2018. Um, There's lots of excitement, lots of anticipation, uh, lots of companies kind of buying uh, or uh, uh, competing for attention and awareness and all that sort of stuff but the, the interesting thing was everyone was saying they're a premium brand yeah. um, and as you start you know we're reading press releases or you know working with our, our agency to really kind of build the brand out uh, and get ready for launch uh, we started reading those press releases and seeing the facilities that they're starting to build and uh, like it, it just wouldn't be possible to produce quality at that scale. Um, so that's really, uh, kind of one of two ways that seven acres tagline of respect the plant was born. Um, you know, uh, it originally started as the GM of our facility, um, as kind of a mantra to the employees, you know, respect the plant, respect each other, that sort of thing. But as we were building the brand out more, uh, and looking at these these press releases and, and everything, at one point, someone had excla- exclaimed, why won't these guys just fucking respect the plan? <laughs> um, and, and it stuck. It's it's something that, uh, you know, you can't argue with, uh, whether you're, you know, on the legal side, you came from the legacy side, uh, been consuming for a day or, you know, uh, 20 years. Um, so, so that's really something that we kind of leaned into um, and also really want to make sure that as a brand there was that depth um, and that we never forgot as a brand that incredible sacrifices had to be made by those passionate about cannabis to really progress it and bring it to where it is um, so so that's something that we lean into as well and, and I always try to uh, tap into that existing community respect that community and uh, really try to just elevate uh the perception of what legal cannabis could or maybe should be
1: yeah can i ask you um follow me on this are you ready uh there's a thing that motorcycle riders like krista actually but more intentionally like harley davidson riders like they do when they drive they pass by each other like they give the little right um and i feel like when i wear my seven acres hat like other people whether they're wearing seven acres stuff or they're like you get the nod you get the you get the, the yeah like i don't know and i'm not blowing smoke like i'm i'm saying generally like i'm not sure that exists with a lot of other brands
2: right now in canada or cannabis yeah which is unique uh hey, hey man, uh not to not to blow my own smoke here <laughs> but uh I, I agree with you and, and it's something that i uh i see all the time um it's kind of that uh if you know you know Type situation, and it really was like the per- the first piece of swag that we ever produced. And uh, although the hat I'm wearing right now uh, says Seven Acres in full, um, that Seven AC stamp logo, which is really a secondary logo, <laughs> we kind of chose that to put on the hat to kind of fall in that vein. You know, like your hat right now it says cannabis right. on it, right? A little obvious,
1: and, right on the nose. This one, um, you, you know, <laughs> which is,
2: which is great. And there's lots of people that they want to literally wear their um, their their interests, their hobbies, uh-huh. what they're passionate about on their head. Um, but that Seven AC logo is unique in the sense that if you know it's cannabis, you get you you know that person is of the same uh, uh, cut of the same cloth as you. And if you don't, you're like, I don't know, what the hell is that? It could be an air Cool logo. Brand. I have yeah. no idea, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, Krista. Um, um, so two things, and you could take them in whatever order. One, like, how do you, or, or, or is it easy, or how do you make that uh, connection to retailers to say this whole thing happened? You may not even know about it, but if you know, you know, therefore carry our product. That's like one thing. The other is like, the roots or the origins of Seven Acres to now. There's obviously been an evolution, and now it's not it's not its own it's not its own company anymore. Yeah. It's part of a larger company. How do you tell that story to retailers as you sort of go out in the world with your team?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think the first one is it all comes down to the product, right? Uh, you know, I, I bumped into one of our sales guys that I'd, I'd never met in person. You know, been on a, a few calls with them. And uh, and he kind of thanked us for being like, hey, like, thanks for putting out that fire. Boy, does it make it much easier to sell. Yeah. And you know that's the reality, right? And if you think about legacy days, there's no brands, there's no packaging, there's probably no Coa Thc data, all of these other things that that we get now um, that are great, but they can lead to confusion in market in, in the sense of okay, what, which attribute or or, or which feature. Um, is going to drive my purchase. And, you know, unfortunately, it tends to be the THC price equation. <laughs> um, I think Seven Acres is a brand uh, since inception has kind of been leading a, a taste over THC. Um, you know, THC, sure, it's a lab test that can potentially tell you the, the potency of particular cannabinoids, but it has absolutely nothing to do with quality. Um, you can have very low THC strains that are very high quality. You can have very high THC strains that are very low quality. It, it, it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I think the, the big thing with retailers is just focus on the product, give the, give them the points. I mean, you know, if you can, um, and, and find avenues, show them the product, do unboxings, um, really be proud of, of what is in those jars or those bags, um, and, and Obviously, support them with you know whatever assets and materials that they need that mm-hmm. sort of thing um, in the early days we would do a lot of kind of shopping shops uh, where we'd set up uh, a, a few of the heads from from supreme OG and mm-hmm. they would go in the store and we even had uh, like a uh, an, uh, an aroma um, bar where uh, we had <laughs> We had sourced a few uh, legal market strains that we had noticed uh, very (laughs) apparent defects. So whether that was storage or age or or whatever, and and we had those in unmarked smell jars, and I was like, hey, smell these things. And they're like, oh, that doesn't really smell too good. And it's like, cool, now smell ours. And they'd be like, oh, wow, I'm getting notes of lemon or tropical fruits or whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's how we smell smell." it. And many times that had converted um, consumers on the spot and you know they had something in their hand they put it down they bought that so um, all of those things kind of combined are really important um, in, in terms of the second question of you know navigating through the uh, the the journey I guess of the brand and uh, you know now being a part of, of the canopy uh, umbrella there I, I think really the big piece is you know at Supreme we did a lot of things right from the inception um, but we were always a smaller guy, right? I, you know, I, I don't think the stock ever really broke three dollars. Uh, if it did, it was an, a really good day, right? And I'm I'm not an investment guy or anything, but like that's about as far as it got. So, um, really, the, the opportunity and one of the reasons I decided to stick around, outside of just my love and passion for this brand that that uh, you know I helped build, um, is Canopy has the resources. To actually make even more improvements and make things even better. Um, so access to more genetics, obviously lots of capital, um, tons of people. Where you know at Supreme, one person would be doing 20 roles. Here it's you know uh, there are 20 people for those 20 roles, Right. right? So um, all of those things combined are, are um, ways that we can kind of reassure retailers that hey, nothing's changed, and if anything, um, there are folks still at at the helm that are making sure that this brand is better than it's ever been. Get to it. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes in this industry, uh, I feel like people can be like, "Oh, cannabis—it's so new. You know, we're still learning. There's, um, you know, there's a first crack at this. There's, there's," there's—it's completely different than everything. And in some aspects, sure, um, it it is quite different than kind of any product in the market. Um, But there are so many things that are the exact same as every single CPG brand. And I mean, if you look at um, any other industry brand you have those, uh, you know, your, your more premium positioned uh, brands there, you know, they're able to maintain and hold that position because consumers know what to expect. They get that consistency every single time. And I think even the, the, the other layer of that, especially in premium is that, um, you know, it appeals or, or uh, uh, enhances their own personal brand, right? If you, if you were to go to dinner, um and bring a bottle of wine you're probably not bringing the ten dollar bottle of wine you want to bring the vintage and be like oh like look at my taste and oh my god this is so good you you're so generous right it's the exact same thing with cannabis nobody shows up to a party saying hey like who's got the shitty weed (laughs) um they say you know who's got that fire right and and that's really what kind of gravitates there um in terms of you know velocity i think uh unfortunately, it's pretty clear that uh, current state, you know, THC percentages uh, are are one of the main things that drive velocity. But I also like to imagine a world where all cannabis is 30 plus percent. How are you making your purchase decision, right? You know, outside of a brand that really appeals to you and you think stands for something that uh, aligns with your values. um, Really, you're going to go for the one that delivers the best experience. Does it look incredible? Does it look like it was treated with care uh, throughout the entire uh, process? Uh, does it have really bright, pungent aromas? You know, you're cracking that jar, opening that bag, and from, you know, across the room, someone popping their head up, right? And then does that, uh, you know, really pungent and pleasing aroma transfer to flavor um, in, in a, obviously, a smooth way, you know, white ash, oil rings, all of these, these kind of quality cues that consumers look for. Um, and, and if you're hitting that, you're good to go. You're good to go. Consumers will will love you, especially because there is so much inconsistency in the market, um, and you know, unlike other CPG companies uh, or, or industries, right now price does not directly correlate with that consistency and quality. It's working its way out, or, or we're working through it, but you know. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, if if we're at, you know, ground zero right now on THC and price, um, really it's already happening, you know, things like terpene percentages are coming into play. And, you know, um, we've unfortunately put up some, I guess, regulatory hurdles that prevent consumers from making some of those more basic but informed decisions compared to legacy, right? Like pre-legalization, you have your guy or your girl, uh, maybe you're ordering off a website or going into you know one of the dispensaries that popped up, um, but the product wasn't hidden, right? So you'd look at things like strain names. Maybe you'd you take a look at things that uh, you've consumed in the past that you really liked. Maybe something new and unique that you haven't tried. You know, there's much of this is uh, kind of like foodie, where uh, you may have you know certain restaurants that you're always going back to because you know they deliver a consistent experience. But you're always on the lookout for that next best thing. Um, so that applies very much. Um, uh, to cannabis um, but you know if you think about the ritual of purchasing before uh, legalization outside of your trusted guy girl connect whoever it is um, they'd show up with a plastic bag clear plastic bag you'd take a look at it you'd be like oh wow, those are nice big frosty looking buds you would probably pop your nose in it give it a sniff maybe um, your plug would kind of give you a recommendation because they have built a relationship with you they know the types of things that you like um they've obviously consumed it as well um maybe they'd give you that recommendation and then it's like cool here's money right like that's it right so um you know in terms of kind of what's next it's almost like we have to take a couple steps back to get to what's next um but you know, to your point, if you if you do look at some of these uh, some mature markets, uh, you know U.S. states, um, you know, Amsterdam, Barcelona, these sorts of places, um, a lot of what makes uh, premium brands stay premium is genetic innovation. So if they've already mastered, you know, the the growing techniques, they've kind of built that brand. Really, what's going to get you setting trends um, versus following them is creating and or sourcing your own exclusive genetics that aren't available from anyone else and obviously creating that excitement hype and splash around it so that everyone is like I need to try that Um, and and that's really the next flower step Um, and I don't think anyone can uh, obviously there's there are some you know great genetics companies um, on the come up but I don't think anyone in Canada is really doing that in the same way that some of the biggest U.S. brands are doing
1: it. Yeah, it's like the I don't know if it's the right word, like exotic, like and it actually goes back to the first you know thinking about going to be with friends, whether you're watching a football game, going to do whatever it is, and having the the thing that everybody kind of wants, yeah. the thing you open and it smells from the room away. It's a different thing than you brought three weeks ago to the same. Like it's that constant. What's new? What's new? What's new? Yeah. And as as Krista was talking about, it's the same. That happens to be some of the same folks that are you know thirty percent of the people buying seventy or eighty percent of the weed. Like it, it you know, there's a lot wow. on that. And how do you constantly service that, especially as a premium brand, all the time, all the time? Yeah. And it's it's not easy. And that you know the, the the premium blank of any sector, they've put in years, decades to create that.
2: Yeah. It's not it's not easy, and it's not quick. Right. And and there's no guarantees like, you know, you're looking for a unicorn, right? Especially when you have things like THC, like I've come across so many, you know, we have Seven Acres Craft Collective, which is uh, really a sub brand of Seven Acres that sources some of the best craft cannabis across Canada from some of these small batch growers. We get samples from them all the time to review. When do we get into that? How,
1: how do we get into it, that room?
2: I will say it is one of the, <laughs> the, the best parts of, of my job, um, but, but we've seen literally hundreds of samples from you know, dozens of craft growers all across Canada. And you know, unfortunately, this, the THC piece is such a limiting factor because we're like, hey, listen, we've seen stuff that's between 15 and 20%. That is absolute fire look smells tastes incredible there's no none of that genetic in the market so far but oh it's got low thc sorry we can't sell it or it's not gonna have the velocity we need and it's and it's uh it's heartbreaking to be honest because you know that if you could just get it into people's hands and i guess lungs they'd be like holy shit, that is an incredible quality product and almost like erase the THC from their memory, you know, um, many times effect wise, you know, something where we're not really allowed to play in too much, but boy, have I smoked some yeah. very high THC strains I'm like, what the fuck happened there? And some of those lower ones where I'm like, oof, yeah, take a seat here, right? Yeah. So, um. Anyways. Someone called
1: it, oh, to call it earlier high school weed,
2: like they're yeah. really Not you're like, whoa, wow. Yeah.
1: That's too much, too much. Uh, (laughs) uh, This has been a great conversation. I think we covered a lot of ground, but also I like being able to do it on a trade show floor in person as we talked about initially. So I want to thank you and the team for being here because it's been uh, important, obviously, to have you here. Um, But also I think you add a lot to the conversation that we're trying to have through this podcast. So thanks so much.
2: Awesome, man. Listen, thanks so much for having me. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. And, uh, you know, so nostalgic to be back in a, in an expo setting or an event setting just full of people that are passionate about cannabis. Yeah, so, they're um, respecting
1: the plant if you want.
2: Uh, uh, some of them, <laughs> yes. Uh, if we can get more you know. to respect that plant, that would be ideal. So, All right, thanks
1: so
0: much. Perfect, thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pot of Flowers. Once again, I'm Krista Raymer of Vitrina Group. You can find me at vitrinagroup.com and on LinkedIn.
1: And I am Jay Rosenthal from Dutchie and you can find me at business
0: dot dutchy.com or on LinkedIn. For more information about this podcast and the Hall of Flowers series of events, visit Hollowflowers.com.